0: Struck in an open plane, and we forgot this old city's name. See your breath on window pane. Let's just talk till it strikes again. On my way through,
1: I saw you on my way. Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherratt, and joining me today is the only person in this world who's ever been able to get me to journal successfully, my good buddy, Heath Armstrong. Heath, what's up, man? How you doing? Is that true? It is true. I I have always wanted to journal, and you know, in my head, I was like, yeah, journaling. Like I get why people journal. It sounds cool. I want to build this habit. And uh, I, I never could never did until you came out maybe four year, five years ago with your sweet ass journal for building your happiness muscle in a hundred days. And I remember looking at it and being like, all right, he's a good buddy. Like I wanted the journal. Let me give it a go. And what I loved about it was that it wasn't dated so, if I missed a day, so I didn't do it, I definitely didn't do the 100 days straight. I mean, yeah. I remember I'm not, I don't well think anybody similar. does.
0: I, there's been a few people, but that's tough to do for anyone.
1: Yeah. And so, what was cool is I'd get on streaks where maybe it would be, I don't know, 20, 30 days and I miss a day or two. But because it wasn't dated, it it didn't matter. It, I could, like, um, okay, let me get back on the horse and let me do it again. And so, I was able to finish. I think I actually went through one and a half of the journals. Like I definitely finished one, got another one, and I think I was halfway through it. So full disclosure, (laughs) not journaling anymore. Um, But you got me to actually build that habit for a while. Yeah, there's certain skills
0: that you practice and work on for bits of time and then you don't really need to do it anymore. I remember, I think Heather had sent me some pictures of you journaling and I was impressed. Uh, And that system in itself evolved out of... I mean, it would have never gotten created had it not been for the influence of you and Jason and, you know, the location, indie community. I remember putting that together because I was trying to figure out how to be happy, how to start traveling the world, how to leave my job and all of that. And my coach at the time, which I think, you know, Jacqueline Duplessis, you've met her. Yep. Uh, yeah. She asked me how I could do that, how I could figure out how to, how to do all those things. And I didn't know the answer like most things. The only thing that I know is that I don't really know anything, man. But she she was like, well, you have to start finding people who are doing these things and interviewing them. And then that's kind of when I, it was around that time I had discovered EPOP and Zero to Travel. And you were some of the early people that I talked to and interviewed and started figuring out what you were doing. So all of that played into that that system. And that journaling system is just a a series of different you know, focused habits that a lot of different people that I interviewed had in place to help them be creative and happy and successful. And I, I did that for many years and it really did help me make a mass transformation. And then, um, recently I just picked another one back up. I started doing it again. I stopped for about a year because I was just doing all these, trying other things, you know, and, uh, as I've been taking care of my grandmother here, living out of my van, I stopped by Ohio cause my grandmother's been sick. I found a blank one in one of the dresser drawers and i started using it again and it's dude the last week's been like way more dialed in for me mentally and i'm like ah oh, now i remember why i used to do these things so
1: all right i you've thrown down the gauntlet i'm going to grab mine i actually i'm looking d- i know where it is it's right down here i'm going to grab my half filled <laughs> out one and get going again because you're right it it i don't think everyone needs to do every habit building thing forever into infinity right like some people find stuff that they do and they like, and they'll do it every day. I've never been someone who's been able to be such a creature of habit where I've been able to stick to something, you know, for years and years and years. And that's fine. Like that's just not my personality. Yeah. Now it's kind of boring, wanna, right? It's kind of boring. <laughs> and you do want to fight against it a bit, right? Because you don't want to just want to say, Oh, that's my personality. So I'm never going to do it. Right. No, that's but, very true. But I think the hundred days is is cool because when I got to the end of that journal, You know, let's say I I don't remember how many days it took me. Let's say it was about 200 days. It took me to finish 100 days. I remember saying like, dude, I'm proud of myself because there was a lot of times in there where I stopped for a bit and then picked it up again and then stopped for some bits and picked it up. It would have been easy to just be like, eh. And I think that's what happens when it's dated or, or like you have to keep a streak going. And then if it's all or nothing is you just say like, well, I'm done with that. Okay, I guess I'm not good enough journal I'm not a journaler yeah and that's why I loved yours was because I was like okay I I can pick it back up here we go dude work worksheet style journals are overwhelming
0: I think it, you know it's a mosaic layout it's made for you to write one huge word or as many small words as you want you can draw pictures of your glistening oiled up body in the sun when you're you know surfing in your speedo or whatever uh, but yeah overwhelm is a thing I think anything that we work for as a skill set goes if you're overwhelming yourself, you're doing it wrong. You should be following things that truly excite you. You should be journaling because you love journaling. You should be traveling the world because you love traveling, not because you feel forced because your friends are doing it and you don't really like it. So I discovered a lot in the journey of getting feedback from people over many years of that process and and really studied and got deep into the science behind how happiness truly works in the mind. And there's really great research out there on a lot of these things. But I think particularly in journaling systems, you kind of find the stuff that works best for you. And it's probably true for you when you were doing it. You found a couple of those sections you really resonated with and others that you stopped doing completely. Totally. And and I do that too. And like the way that I use that journal now is completely different than the way that it was originally created. So I just urge people to, to go out and do what, you know, do what they love, do what excites them and find out these little skill sets that can help them do that more or these habits that can help them do that more and blossom, you know, see the world, meet new people. Yeah. I,
1: I'm with you. There was a section, I can't remember which section it was in the journal where like it felt forced for me every day to answer yeah. that prompt. And I remember then thinking, cause I, I talked to you about, it. I think I said, sent you a message saying, man, this is like hard for me. Like this one section, I, I, I don't really know what to say each day and you're like so don't do it (laughs) it's like (laughs) oh okay cool and then you know everything else was was flowed right and then i and i think you know that whether it's journaling or or anything right you go with what's flowing and if something's not working you, you change it unless there's a really good reason unless you're unless you're trying to push through that obstacle because you know that it's something you want to better or you want to get past um but yeah for me it's like well this section is just like when I sit down to journal, I'm like, oh, I got to answer this. No, it's like, I don't have to. Um, you, you talked a bit about that, of, of, of your transformation. And, and it, to me, it still resonates, even though I know the story and, and we have sat down and talked about it in person. And we, you know, I've heard you tell it multiple times on different podcasts or to different groups that we've been a part of. But it still resonates as, with me as like one of the most powerful stories because you were in a spot where you just really hated it. But you could have kept it, you could have kept going. And and a lot of people do, but you found your way out of it into this life. And, and we'll talk about what this life has looked like for you over the last six, seven, eight years. But kind of tell people where, where you were and like what was able, like what was kind of the straw that said, no, I'm not gonna keep doing this for 20, 30 years, like like I could.
0: <laughs> you know, it's not the the ability to have a job that feels that you somewhat kind of like, or are comfortable with is probably the most dangerous zone in the world because you will stay there forever. And I kind of had that thing going on, but because of my creative mindset and, and whatever Oracle or guides or whatever these things are that put ideas into our heads, our muses, it never wanted me to feel okay with doing that. So it made me feel really painful. Uh, I think most people that, are listening to if you're listening to a show and you have a, an ink for traveling or getting out and doing something different than what you you've always known your life to be or what all the people surrounding you are doing um, there's a reason that you're here there's a reason that you're listening to it and in the beginning and in the inferno it's painful to be able to be okay with making that choice to step away from everything you've ever known and move I dude I was I was working in the concrete construction industry and there's so many avenues to go with this. I'm going to try to make this really short. Um, I was around people constantly on job sites at 3 a.m., all sorts of people, great people, amazing Southern hospitable people, terrible people who talk about like beating their family members, uh, people that would take pisses and water bottles and throw them from the top of the bridge decks down so that they would explode all over us on the ground. Uh, (laughs) Lots of different interesting experiences, but I just had always gone to drinking as my numbing reality. Like I, I know you don't relate too much to astrology and all that kind of stuff, but I haven't, I'm an air sign and I really do find myself living in the clouds all the time. And I need a lot of stimulation. I need to constantly be doing different things. And uh, because I wasn't able to do that, and I was in this routine, and I had this job that was paying pretty good money, and I could stay there forever. And everyone's like, This is a career job, or whatever. It was that weird battle between being grateful for what you have and knowing that it's not right for you, and saying no to it and trying to step into the unknown and having absolutely no clue what's going to happen, but trusting your intuition or your gut. I mean, I think a lot of times we have this head and we have this heart and they argue with each other like a you know junior high prom and the head's like this isn't logical we need to do it this way you know we got to get out and and really make sure we're making lists and we're being realistic about it and then the heart's like come on baby just trust me like flow with me it's going to be okay you don't ever listen to the love i have and then the head's like no you don't you don't listen to me. Like we got to do this. We got to get these tickets now. We got to, no, baby. Just like, why do you always make me feel this way? I just want to love you and cuddle. And then like the gut is sitting in the background with a bottle of scotch and a, a cigar. And he's like, if you two would just shut up, I'll show you where the treasure map is. And we forget about the gut and the intuition, you know, and it's, I had to find that. And the way that I found that was through identifying pain and misery. And I, yeah, I had a couple moments where I woke up face down, pants down, Uh, I, I had one where I woke up in my garage face down. I had a bottle of liquor in my hand that was, I had no recollection of the past 48 hours. The bottle was almost gone. My garage door was open. My car was parked in the front yard and the gas, it was turned on. It was running. It was in the front yard of a residential neighborhood. Like that's not okay. You know, and I didn't even in that moment realize how not okay that was. I was just like, "Well, that was another crazy day, man. Let's start drinking again or whatever." But it was it was a breaking moment for me, and and it was a, a series of those types of rock bottom moments over the next couple years between 2011 and 14 that got me to the point of opening myself up to meeting people and allowing them to help me when I always thought that no one wanted to help me and no one cared about you know anything that I was doing. And, I'm the only one thinking that I want to travel, you know, whatever. As soon as you open up and you surrender and you let go and you realize that you need help, we all need help. You start talking to people and telling them what you're really interested in. Then the help shows up and the universe starts to provide it. And I started identifying things that made me feel like home, like, being a part of that early location indie community felt like home, man. It was the first time I had ever joined—not just a digital community, but like meeting up in Austin that one year. I think that was the first time we all got together in person, right? Yep,
1: yep. Uh, Our very first location indie like in person meetup in Austin, Texas, where there's what seven of us. Eight, dude, eight of yeah, us?
0: yeah. It wasn't there wasn't many, and and a lot of those people that were there are my best friends and business peers and like mastermind partners today. And it was the first time that. I was able to feel home like, oh, I'm not that odd. Like this is, or maybe we are odd, but let's keep it weird, right? Let's let's keep being weird and exploring because I think the foundation and the beauty of all of the history of humanity was in culture. It was in like sitting around a fire, looking each other in the eyes and being like, this food's amazing. This water is amazing. I love you. Check this fire out. Look at these stars and we've lost it in society. And so how, as this, this inkling for us all to want to travel, it kind of is a pool to like, we want to experience other cultures that, that humble us and make us feel that we have to step out of this comfort zone of what we knew normally as a child growing up in our, our boxes, you know, with the education taught us to be what religions or politics or whatever it was that you grew up in taught you to be not, not saying any of that's wrong, just saying that there's a lot of other perspectives out there and those perspectives to come in contact with them is the best form of education. So I, I met you all, I found some people, I got a little bit more confidence, and then I started trying things to get out of the business in which I eventually shut down a, a couple of companies that I tried starting early on with web development and podcasting services and stuff. Uh, which Jason had a huge role in helping me with that and then i started an amazon kind of resale business that just got so big so quick and i i couldn't grasp what it was like to go from having so much debt to all of a sudden you know selling six figures in a month of stuff online and actually having a location independent career and like being able to work for myself and that was overwhelming <laughs> like it was overwhelming to the point where I started resisting things, you know, and
1: uh... like what type of stuff were you resisting? Because, you know, someone listening might be like, well, that's the dream, right? Like <laughs> you, you found people that you wanted to be around. You started being around them. You, you found a business plan that was working after, after a few failed attempts. It's fine. That pulls you out of your, your regular job. Right. And all of a sudden you're there saying, well, wow, I, I'm, I did it. Like now I'm doing it. <laughs> But I think so. I've never heard anyone really talk about the downside to something to, to achieving what they think they want, but then saying, but, oh my gosh, I, I did it, but I, I don't know how to handle this. So what were the things yeah. that you were resisting? like What what were the negative parts to building a business that allowed you to be location-dependent? Because we know that positive parts. Cool. Now you can travel. Now you've got money coming in. You can work when you want. But you're telling me like, hey, there's a lot- underneath the surface that people weren't seeing that, that was not, not working for you.
0: Yeah. I I think you believe, we always think that, that money or uh, external substance or experience or the ability to travel freely is going to, to create optimal happiness. But the truth about happiness is it can't be created by anything except for yourself internally. And so, that's why a monk can sit in a cave with no desire his entire life or her, you know, a nun can sit or anyone can sit in this meditative state their entire life and probably reach a higher optimal happiness level in this minimalism than you can seeking and searching. But we have different types of roles on the planet. And, and I do feel my role is very much an exploration, explorational type. I became location independent and I had this mass success and income coming in, but it didn't solve a lot of the problems I had with working through pains or even traumas that you might have from a child that are dynamics based on how your parents raised you or things that you grew up around and uh, realizing that money only makes you more of who you are. And I was trying it very hard to be a great person and to help other people. um, And that's where I was finding most of my happiness to come from. It's like being in service and if you're doing that, if you're being a philanthropist, if you're helping other people, if you're teaching, if you're being nice and whatever, then you're going to always be getting happiness back. And it's always going to be flowing. If you're, if you have a bunch of money and you're just doing things like you're continuing to drink or get blackout and like ignoring how you have the money and and the gratitude behind why you're getting it and the abundance coming into your life, then you're just going to become a bigger asshole with bigger problems. And you're going to drink nicer booze, you know? And like, it's, it, it doesn't, Equate or balance. So I ran into a lot of issues with immediately hitting that wall of hedonic adaptation, which was like, okay, I created this business and I'm really good at creating systems and this thing's kind of breathing on its own and I'm working very minimal hours. But then I was like, oh my God, like to bring in that much money per month via reselling items online that are sending packages out all over the world in cardboard boxes with all this plastic and most of it that people don't need to make themselves feel better, better to numb the idea that they're doing something in their life that really doesn't make them happy. Um, this isn't really contributing optimal good to the to the world, and that was really hard for me. That was a in all this work that I put into making this transformation, I had to look at that and be like, okay, there was a reason for this, right? There's a reason I was able to do that to get me out of my job. I see that. But now I'm looking at it and I have no relatability to wanting to do this system. Like, I don't want to be contributing this much to all this mass materialism, essentially. And because I see that, that that kind of stuff does create a lot of problems. I look at my parent, like just stuff that my parents do in a routine of like, Buying, buying, buying to try to make themselves happy, and then looking at the you know the television online, watching media and stuff, and it's like poison. It's crazy. Um, and so I had some rock bottom breakdowns, man. And like I just went through some really hard stuff where uh, I realized, Am- you know, like having a business under Amazon also is kind of like having Amazon as your boss. So you you had that platform that was a resistance, and then I I lost both of my dogs, and my grandfather, and my business got frozen all in the same three of those things all on the same day in April of 2017 and then lost a lot of money because of that. And then from that point on, it was just me thinking it was the universe trying to get me out of it. And I needed to retransition into something else, which is why I started making the affirmation decks and getting back into teaching like mindset optimization, personal health kind of stuff. But it wasn't until you know a year and a half ago that that kindly came into complete circle where I was able to finally pull myself out of that business considered filing bankruptcy. It was a crazy thing given I had done so well with it successfully, Mm -hmm. right? And it even taught a lot of people to do it and watched a lot of people be very successful and happy doing it and continue to do it to this day very successfully. I mean, there's hundreds of thousands of people that sell as third-party sellers on Amazon and love it. And most of them, I think, that probably really love it are making products on their own that they really enjoy and think have value in the world, which is totally different than reselling random stuff just to make money.
1: Right. Like reselling like Barbie sheets and <laughs> and stuff. And like, yeah, I mean, I remember having a conversation with my buddy, Dave, uh, who, who was talked to you because he was all about, hey, I, I want to do Amazon. I want to have a side business and, you know, doing Amazon FBA, if you guys don't know what that is, Fulfillment by Amazon, basically what he's talking about, reselling on Amazon is is a trendy pick for like, Hey, you leave your job. You know, you could do this on the side and you can build it up. And all those things are 100% true. But I remember him saying to me, like, I don't want to resell crap from China for a higher price. Like, <laughs> that's not my end goal. And you just brought that up too. Like, I don't want more cardboard and plastic to go out in the world because I'm making money off getting a good deal when I'm buying something from Target and reselling it for 20% more through Amazon. And that, you know, like, yeah. again, some people want that and that's totally fine. As you mentioned, a lot of people get into then making their own products because now they're saying, Hey, I'm going to make a product that solves a problem. I had a problem. I want to make something better. I'm going to make it. And then there is real value to them in re- in selling that on Amazon. But it is, it's a tough, it, it, it's a tough thing. And, and whether you're doing Amazon or whether you're coaching or teaching, or whatever, you have to continually ask yourself when you're doing your own thing of like, do I, is the end goal like, and who I'm serving and how I'm serving them, does that fill me up? And if the answer is no, then you have to say, is there another reason I'm doing it? That's more important. And for you, you said like that served its purpose to get you out of your job and get you into this lifestyle and to see what it is. So ultimately, for sure worthwhile. But there comes a breaking point for you where you're like, I'm not doing this for the next 20 years. And then you have to figure (laughs) out what the next what the next step looks like, which for you was affirmation cards, which I had never heard of before. I'm not very woo woo as you already mentioned, but but open to being woo woo to some degree. I never heard of affirmation cards before before you sent me your first deck because you were like hey you got the journal you liked it check this out so what are affirmation cards and and why did you feel called to to make these decks
0: yeah i was it was actually a really weird way that i got called to make them an affirmation is essentially just a a thought provoking statement to affirm a vision or a dream that you have that you tell to yourself in the first person. And the idea of it it is to affirm to your subconscious, these dreams that you have per se, I am location independent was one that I used heavily way before I was able to be location independent. I use that in alongside with my journaling system. It started by me just writing that on a note card every day with my freedom date, 622.16, which is national international location independence day now. Right. Uh, That's right. 622. twenty second Coming guys.
1: up. Coming up. Uh, <laughs>
0: Which was crazy on that Paradise Pack call. Like all of the people that had something in relating to June 22nd on there were like, This is what happened to me on June 22nd. I was like, my mind was blowing when we had that back then. But yeah,
1: to give you guys a backstory if you haven't heard it, we, we were doing a, a big group call uh, during one of our Paradise Pack launches a couple of years ago. And um, he said, Hey, I was writing my my freedom date or my leap date was gonna be was June 22nd. And for you, it was 2016, right? But you were saying it was June 22nd. Yeah. I wrote that date down every day. And I wrote, I am location dependent." And you put that date down for for you know years as you were doing this. And someone else was on the call was like, wait, did I hear that right? June 22nd. That was my day. And then there was like a third person who was like, no, they no, no. You guys four total. Yeah. It's like, everyone was like, no, you guys are playing a trick on me. Like that was <laughs> my day. And I'm sitting back thinking there's only like 10 people on this call and four of them for some reason. Had June twenty second of their, as their date, and uh, so now it's uh, National Location Independence Day, June twenty second. So, yeah, thanks to you, Heath, and the other three people who had that. I can't even remember who it was at this point, but a very, a very interesting. Some may say coincidence. Some may use stronger language. Who knows? But um, yeah, pretty yeah. cool.
0: Well, Carl Carl Young says synchronicity is an ever present reality for those who have eyes to see, and I think it's been true for me just and getting in, it was part of why I made the affirmation deck was just like noticing synchronicities in your life. And they're different for everyone, but picking the way that you interact with the world and being like, okay, that's a confirmation that I'm on the right path. Whether it's, you see a triple X on a license plate, or, you know, you're following triple numbers, or you see your favorite color a lot, or you feel good, or you hug trees or whatever it is. You can have synchronistic moments, but I wrote that down every day, this affirmation. And, uh, the most important thing about an affirmation is you have to pair it with action. I do believe that you can repeat things over and over again. This is where that line of woo crosses. And this is why I made the deck to begin with was I wanted to make one that wasn't so woo that it was unbelievable. But if you do sit and you meditate every day and you're saying, I am location independent and you you have to go to work every day and work your job and you have children or something and you actually aren't location independent that's never going to be true unless you take action in alignment with that affirmation to become location independent. Now you saying it over and over again helps because it reminds your mind when you're not thinking about it directly to try to make decisions in alignment with your, yeah, that door just popped open, which is interesting. It's
1: weird synchronicity. What's going <laughs> yeah. on here?
0: Travis just had a door pop open behind him. I freaked out for a second. Um, to, to remind yourself to make the right decision in each moment to move towards that, that vision um, and this was this is a very simple practice that I think is actually the, the most important part of that journaling system that I made back then was what are the two things I can do today to move towards this vision and then repeating this vision as an affirmation throughout the day carrying it with you on a note card well I was doing that and I was seeing it work I mean I, and I was also doing vision boards and I was doing other types of visualization techniques which really work for me and Having phone calls with friends in the present tense, just like all these things to try to convince your brain that you are something that you want to become really does help remind you to make the right decision when you're staring at that. You know, you want to, you want to get in better shape. When you're going to the fast food line to shove, you know, Ronald McDonald down your throat, it's like, actually... I've been saying this affirmation every day. I'm not going to do that today, and and it does work. It does start to to have an effect on you.
1: Yeah, I mean, in a non-woo way, right? It's you're essentially saying it's top of mind. Yeah, top of mind. Because I would say I'm not woo, but I I I am. I'm slowly becoming more woo. So, and I've done visualization, (laughs) and I I really actually enjoy the practice. But if you're just a total concrete, like I don't want to say cynic, but just like as logical as can be, if you're Benny Lewis, top of (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. It's top of mind. It's, Hey, if you say, if you read this every day and you say it every day, it's going to be in your head. Like yes. that's just how it is. I mean, yeah. right. It, you can't hide from it. If every day you're waking up and you're saying, I want to be hundred or I am 175 pounds and in shape. I am 175 pounds and in shape. I'm 175 pounds in shape. I wake up and say that every day. Well, then when I walk out of my room after saying that, and there's donuts there, top of mind, dude, you're in shape. You're probably not going to eat six donuts. Like it's just yeah. for for anyone who's super logical, that there's the explanation, you know?
0: And if you do eat the donuts, it's really because you don't believe in yourself to be able to confirm the affirmation, which is a whole nother problem that needs to be worked through. But it can be worked through very easily in baby steps. And yeah, it's top of mind. It's what are, it's the same thing as like, what are you who are you surrounding yourself with? Or is it is it people that support you and really want to see you do well? Or is it people that are toxic and trying to tell you that you can't do it because they have some sort of issue of their own and it all plays out. Like it's all about what you're interacting with mentally and physically. I was just, dude, I was meditating a lot and trying to find how to get back in touch with teaching. Cause I did have a lot of amazing people coming to me that had used the journaling system and did dude, just like some people that made such mass transformations through that system on their own taking the journal making it their own doing their thing and then creating like nonprofits or like that are just doing incredible stuff that was the real form of abundance for me and I was like I need to do this is my calling like I should be doing more of this I should be doing more on my podcasting world writing more to put out into the world helping people with systems and I just kept meditating and it's whole, this affirmation deck thing kept coming into my sphere. I don't know where it came from. I didn't have any affirmation decks. Um, the only type of affirmations I was working with were those ones that I was doing on a note card and I and I understood how powerful they were. So I wanted to continue to go down that path. So I was having a lot of conversations with people about trying to explain to these, some of these like synchronistic type principles that can really work on this metaphysical level that it's hard for a realistic person to to see or think. I've been on both sides. I've been that super realistic person and I've made a transformation to the other side. And so I, I had this natural ability to be able to talk with people about it. And I was trying to figure out a way to put it into a language that would help someone understand how to use an affirmation that wouldn't normally believe in that kind of thing. And- okay. I kept getting the the downloads and then I just started buying. This is how an idea starts. This is how you make it. Like I just started buying other people's affirmation decks and looking at them and being like, okay, now how do I add my personality to these ideas? How do I expand it? And then actually put some sort of like real storytelling into it. And just trust the process. And then all these really small things started popping in. Like I had no idea how to manufacture a card deck and I was struggling with it. I sat down, I thought about it for a couple of days. And then all of a sudden, one of my friends introduced me to a guy who manufactures cards out of nowhere. And I'm like, hey dude, by the way, can who do you manufacture with? He connects me with the manufacturer. I get samples set up and thus began that story. And it's like, that's kind of how my whole life has gone the past five or six years is surrendering to everything that I want, trusting, And then all of a sudden something kind of shows up. If I'm paying attention, if I'm aware, I do think things show up for everyone. And most of us just are not aware. We're not paying attention. We're Mm -hmm. staring at our phone, you know, we're walking down the street, we're watching television. But if you learn to, to, to exercise your brain and, and really top of mind, like think about the stuff you want, you can start paying attention to the stuff around you that can help support that. And you can move through it. And so That's how we we started making them. Of course, I was thinking about you as my prototype the whole time. And I was like, how do I get Travis to just really laugh and think (laughs) deeply at the same time?
1: (laughs) Affirmations for realists, right? Yeah. Um, essentially, and I think I think you're right too. And it also comes down one of the things you mentioned is like being open and and just being aware, because because we were bombarded with so much information at all times. I I was listening to someone else talk the other day, and they said. You know, in one day, we get more information than people in the 1980s got in a month, right? Because it's (laughs) you have the whole world in your hand. I I mean, I can't tell you how many times I I, I've looked stuff up where if I just stopped and tried to think, hey, who was the Eagles quarterback in 1992? Right? Oh, let me just look it up. There's times I'm like, no, don't look it up. Like, use your brain, right? Yeah. We have we have all this stuff at our fingertips. Being aware, and then also, I think another part of it is just telling people what you're doing this comes like not just from affirming to yourself and saying i am going to create or i have created because we're using present tense right i have created an affirmation deck but then hey in a conversation with a buddy yeah i'm creating an affirmation deck oh really like you know you say that to five people someone might know someone who who is yeah. You know, someone who makes cards, right? But if you keep that inside, and so I think, I don't know if it's called a- affirming or not, but it's like affirm to yourself and then tell others what you're doing because that's going to open up a whole sphere of people and a whole ripple effect that that you can't even fathom if you're just keeping it all inside.
0: No, that's, it's very true. That is a, a very powerful way of affirming as well is speaking it out loud to other people. It, it, it's, it's effective. I, I think about all these things that we speak out don't necessarily have to come into the world. Some of them actually weren't meant to be and they don't work out. I remember talking to you on the last episode we did years ago. And I, in that time, I had an idea, I think at the end of that, where I was going to make uh, sweet ass toilet paper or something and I put it yes. out loud. And I remember being like, I'm going to do it now. I said it out loud live, but like, I never ended up doing that. Although I still think about that in the back of my head. Um, and then Ray, you know, Ray he, he's been... I think he has like a toilet paper website now. So now I'm starting to see pieces like this could become a possibility soon. But, um, it is about doing that and, and, and really making sure that everything that you are creating and doing is in alignment with something that excites you. Cause otherwise you're just going to get burnout. You're just going to end up like looking at your Amazon business and thinking like, wow, this is just like having a job that I hate or people that were doing legit, going to stores and buying stuff off shelves and reselling. It's like, I just feel like I work at Walmart now. I'm standing here at the shelves looking at this every day. What is, what is it? Is it really what I want? No, it's not. So uh, that's so important. I mean, I would much rather make much less amount of money per month doing something I love than I would to have a massive amount of money doing something that I hated. Uh, And that's not me pushing money or abundance away, but it's, it's a very true thing that I've learned along this process. It's like, if I'm around good people and I'm doing things I love and I have enough, just enough, right? Like it's, it's always going to be okay.
1: What did that look like for you then? Like you said, you had the business and it was doing it was doing really really well, and then you hit that that one that breaking point essentially. Amazon froze you up, so the business starts going in the tank, because you know even if they freeze you for a week or two weeks, yeah, it was like, a whole month. Yeah, you lose cash that.
0: flow just went boom.
1: Yeah, and then then you have the passing of your dogs and the passing of your grandfather and all, and it starts to hit you, and you say, okay, well, what am I actually like? What is my actual goals? Who do I want to serve? How do I want to show up in this world? And then you, you decide it's not via what I'm doing, which is great. It's via this other stuff. But how are you able then to pull yourself back up? Because like you said, you're fine making less money, but you still have to say, I, I need to make something, <laughs> right? Like I, and so what did that journey look like for you where you say, all right, I'm not going to do Amazon and, and I'm probably not going to be making the, the crazy money that I was making there. I'm fine making less, but I have to figure out how to make some. And make enough to to live the lifestyle that you want to live.
0: Yeah. It was it was really it was an unknown realm. It was like, wow, I had all this, it happened so quickly, and now all of a sudden I I'm really not in alignment with it. And I'm watching the accounts just drain, right? And I was a I was just I kept doing the bare minimum and I started thinking about like the the people that were working with me on my team. Like I always had this principle that if I had team members, I wanted them to be location independent. And I knew that what the business was not just supporting me, it was supporting other people as well. So then I was like, well, how, if that's what I really enjoy about this, how can I create something that actually gives the opportunity to much more people than I have working now? And I didn't know the answer to that. I didn't know how it was gonna, to transfer. I actually, like I said earlier, like I, I was looking at bankruptcy papers and contemplating that for a long time. And, and leading up to COVID, it, the whole COVID pandemic thing, it was like, well, man, this is like, I was in Kilimanjaro, I was climbing, I was climbing Kilimanjaro at the end of 2019 with um, a lot of LI people and, and Luke and Benny Lewis were there, Lenan Saperstein, Scott Brills, you know, yep. his whole thing. And this was like the tail end of this transformation. That was like my, let's see how close I can get to the heavens to try to get an idea here, you know? <laughs> and before that, I had all those things happen, but then I was like, okay, I'm I'm putting a lot of my attachment and issues now into my partner and we were getting ready to get married. And then all of a sudden she pulls the rug out and leaves. And I had no clue that that, I had no, like not even one conversation to think that that was going to happen. Cause we never had bad, like we never had fights. It was just like this really great relationship from my perspective. Only to realize later through some pretty intense ayahuasca experiences in the jungles of Mexico that maybe there was a lack of communication with that relationship. But um, it was all of these ex- exploration zones that I went through between the time of realizing that I wasn't happy with that to the end of 2019. It was me traveling to different countries all around the world, experiencing, sitting with different cultures, realizing how, how like unbelievably different everywhere is. And just learning like education from that point and then saying, okay, how can I have a much less carbon impact as far as like this whole model is considered and how do I get back into doing stuff that I really love, which is writing. I really just want to write and podcast and create, you know? And so uh, did Kilimanjaro got an idea to basically digitize everything that we had been doing physically with these stores. And I, I think this is a really important model for anyone who's like location independent because I think there's a lot of opportunity in different niches to do this type of thing. Whenever you see a business that has a lot of trend around it, there's always people that have a demand for a product per se. Creating the information for them is the most valuable thing you do. I mean, it's, it's always been that principle of like selling shovels at the gold rush, right? Uh, while there's always gonna be some people that are doing things that aren't gonna work out, there's plenty of people that are selling stuff that it's going to work out and they're doing and they're making amazing products that that are great. There is a, a company I saw recently that I found in Santa Barbara. There, It's kind of like the Thrive Market online, but I, I, I see people that, I see this company, and I think that they're going to be big. They're the very first online bulk foods organic store that sends everything out in non-plastic. So everything's mm. compostable. And I look at that and I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. But how do we present, information to people and help them discover, you know, their own their own way. Well, we just modified this this whole Amazon selling platform to basically give information for products to other people who do want to sell and then they buy it from us on a subscription basis. But I see a lot of value particularly in this in the crypto world because there's so many different things going on in the crypto world. And there's so much information when I get in there. I'm like, oh my God, my head's going to explode. I don't know what all these videos over here that come out every day and all these information reports. Like, if you found out a way to organize that and present it to people on a subscription base, you could make a lot of money. Um, and so I moved into that and we created a, a website teaching e commerce and teaching people how to do private label branding and create their own products and stuff like that. But generally, it's a monthly subscription and, and it, it really allowed me to expand that vision of having more people to be able to give work to, right? So we have like 25 people on the team now. And it's like, wow. they okay. work from wherever they want. They work their hours that they desire as long as they get their work done. And that's a principle that I love. And then it allows me to get back into this type of thing, right? Having conversations with you and-, and
1: Yeah, uh, I think uh, what it boils down to, right? Is that if you can, instead of now you selling products, you're selling information. And the yeah. information that you're selling is education. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's a slogan of like those- Those who can't do teach. And I think that's like funny because I was a teacher (laughs) and I I, I, in high school and I'm teaching now. And there is some of that, right? It's like you have to be careful who's teaching you. Like, have they have they really done what they say? But when you find someone who has done what they say and then is teaching you, it's so valuable because instead of you trying to disseminate through as you mentioned, let's use crypto as an example, You know, 17 different websites who are putting out 14 articles a day about what you should be buying. And and here's 10 podcasts you should be listening to. It's like, when you get overwhelmed, you don't take action, right? And so so being the person who curates the information and says, listen, I am knowledgeable in this subject and I am going to tell you only what's necessary for you to get ahead in this thing. So if it's crypto, it's like, I, I talk to one buddy who I know who's, who knows so much about crypto. Whenever <laughs> I have a question, all I do is text him. He gives me an answer. I don't have to go to anyone else. Yeah. yeah, I read an article here and there just to like see some different opinions. But I'm like, no, if I trust this person and I know that they're on top of it, there's a lot of value in me just being able to go to him to get an answer. And so if, if people are out there and they're saying, hey, I'm in this job, I'm in this business. I've got some skills. I know how to do some of these things. And there's other people asking how to do it. Not everyone wants to be a teacher like you and I, Heath. I get that. But if you do or you feel called to help people do that, there is an opportunity for you to teach that or to or to give them by teach. It doesn't always have to be one on one. Give them the information, do group coaching, you know, or like you're saying, you know, create a subscription where every week they're getting X, Y and Z. And that keeps them current on that subject. Um, because that I think is now the new goal for most people is like, not the age of information, but the age of curation, like yeah, don't give cure. me more information just give me the good curated information and i and I can go off. Yeah, of Cause my- there's
0: so much that got pledged out into the universe. You know, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's really good advice. Try to figure out ways to not overwhelm yourself and to only take the information that you need absorb, only what you need. There's, it, it's a jigsaw of infinite possibilities of how you could curate this type of thing to offer to people, but it's not an, it's not a new principle, right? It's like, what really excites you? And I guarantee you, if you talk about it enough, you're going to find somebody else who's interested in it and then find out what they want to know about it. And then you start there. It starts as a baby step. Like I could have never seen myself going from selling, you know, the first couple sweet ass affirmation or a sweet ass, uh, happiness journals, right. For like $11 or whatever they were, um, to, to building that company that was doing six figure months to losing all of that. And then to building up a new one, not knowing what was going to happen there to go from nothing to 44,000 a month with like a much higher profit margin being completely automated. It's like, I couldn't, I could never, ever make that up in my head in my wildest dreams. I mean, I thought it would have been great to get to, to making like 60 grand a year, you Mm -hmm. know? And, um, it's it's not like, it, it just all comes down to, to to really being in and accepting the worst case scenario, like being okay with not having it, because I know tomorrow if it was all taken away from me, I could still be happy with myself, um, and I still have debt from that old business. It's not like I'm out driving Lambos and like you know ripping my shirt off and throwing cocktails all over everyone and like dollar bills. Dude, I'm so frugal, and I—I I think we relate a lot in that way. You're very frugal, and you're very smart with the way that you use and manage. And now it's just about okay. How do I, how do I get enough money to buy some land that I can move on to and just stare at a fire all day? Like, and, well, for me, it's fish, an ocean right? over
1: a fire, but I—I I, I, I yeah. Um, but
0: it's like I don't think there's anything more important than than resources, right? Clean drinking water and just being happy and and calm.
1: You've done a few things that, that kind of touch on that idea of, Hey, if I lost everything or, 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 you know, the businesses and everything, um, one of those is your work that you do in Uganda. And the other is that you, you've recently moved into a van, right. And you've said like, what more do I want than being able to drive around in a van, whether it's spending time with your grandma in Ohio to take care of her, whether it's come visiting me in North Carolina, Plug, plug, come on down. <laughs> um, whether it's you know whatever, like to you, that's that's the point. At like you're at a point in your life where you're saying this is what I want. Like I have the freedom that I crave, and as long as this, I can pay for this van and the gas or whatever. I I'm really like that's my base needs at this point. I just want you to talk about how you came to that realization of okay, like yeah, I'm doing 44k a month. I I, I could have a big house. I could do X, Y, and Z, but I'm not going to tailor my lifestyle to the money I'm making right now. I'm going to tailor it to what I want and what makes me happy.
0: Yeah. I learned throughout the process that what makes me happy is simplicity. And I think it's very true for a lot of people. I, I already learned the lesson before I even made my location independent transition that having a house in a suburban neighborhood with, you know, I had like five fish tanks and like five televisions and a full bar that I built by my hands, you know, and had taps on it. And like, I would just sit down there and like, I realized that it's, you don't, you don't own your things. They own you, right? You spend all your time and spend is a very important word because you spend all of your time taking care of these things and upgrading them and getting the next thing to replace the old thing. And when you have less stuff, you have, less distraction and when you have less distraction you have more awareness and with that awareness you can pay attention to the things in life that matter the most like forming relationships strong relationships that you care about or taking those actions in alignment with the affirmations that you care about and when you're surrounding yourself with people that you care about and you and you're doing these affirmative actions around this you know vision that you care about these, these ideas of a life that you thought were only once possible, not only become possible, but they they become real. They become real right in front of your face. And before you know it, you're like, Oh my God, this affirmation is alive. Like it's breathing this van that I'm sitting in right now. And you mentioned it. I had forgot that I was sitting in a van this whole conversation. I dude, I had a van on my vision board for like four years and I, it never felt like it was the right time, but I kept trusting, like at some point this is going to show up. And Man, did I not think about it? I mean, even when you had yours, I must spot that old one off you for like a little bit, right? It just like all these things kept happening to pull me away from this thought of getting into a van when I was in my darkest place. I was like, for sure, I need a van now so I can escape all my problems, but that was not the right move, right? And it just came in. It finally showed up last summer. And I I didn't know how to build a van, that's for sure. I'm not, I'm a, I'm not a handy person. And I just started. Doing one step at a time and now I'm in this van and it's built out and it's very nice and I can go wherever. And it's it's mind-boggling. It's it's something that you can't even really I can't put into words what it feels like to have a vision become reality, but I don't remember what your question was. I think
1: that's an important (laughs) thing, is that the affirmations it, it doesn't mean they're gonna happen right away. Right. It it doesn't even mean that they're going to happen how you think they're going to happen. Or as you mentioned with the toilet paper that you said last time, I'm I'm making toilet paper because I remember that conversation last episode, you know, again, a couple years ago where you're like, I'm doing sweet ass uh, uh, toilet paper. It'll be funny. You look down, you see an affirmation, you know, and um, who knows? Maybe it happens. Maybe it doesn't. But I think that is the power of making the affirmations is, you know, when I was doing the journaling a couple of years ago, like I could have never told you, you know, one of mine was always like, I'm getting to 175 pounds. That was my health goal. Right. I could have never told you I was going to happen. I had never done it in my life. i had never gotten close to that in my life. And now I'm here, but I couldn't have said to you well, I was going to find this program from this dude that I don't like, but the program's cool. And it was, you know, like, I don't know, but I I said it every day all the time that this was going to happen. And it happened eventually, not without action, of course. Right. But it happened eventually. And, you know, I think a lot of times I'm talking to myself here, I'm super impatient person. So (laughs) if something doesn't happen quick, I'm like, oh, well, this is BS. This affirmation is more. It's like, you know, Those three years, four years went by like in the blink of an eye and I am where I want to be, at at least for that affirmation. You are where you want to be for the van affirmation. So, you know, the time is going to pass anyway. You might as well have it pass with you getting some of the affirmations that you want, right? Yeah. What have you learned about
0: patience over the past, like being an impatient person? I'm just curious what you've learned over
1: the past three or four years about patience. Um. I will tell you that i think kids have taught me a lot about patience um i think another thing that i've learned is that it's okay to to not want everything And and you kind of started touching on this for me it wasn't about material things but for me the wants are always going to new places having new experiences um, i mean you you could call houses material things but i weren't wasn't usually buying i didn't want to buy houses for myself i wanted to buy them as like an investment vehicle but that's still a, a a weight on you right like even if it's making you money and it's a good strategy as you mentioned it does own a part of you at some point point. and so for me it was always more 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 um and you know i think covid really helped me slow down a lot because at that point there was just stuff that i could that i would have never imagined the world shutting down and not being able to go on trips but that all of a sudden said you have to be in this spa- spot for an extended period of time um now my outlet was to go and buy a house in a different state but um <laughs> but you know what I like it it really slowed me down and i would say in the last year and a half two years i don't want to say i've become more patient but i'm more okay with being impatient if that makes sense like i still feel the pull to do all these things but i'm okay that i'm not doing them whereas before i would kind of get frustrated at myself or frustrated at a situation or frustrated at someone else because it wasn't happening quick enough and now i might say oh i wish it was happening quicker but i can sit back and say all right like it's not not the end of the world yeah so I, yeah it's like I, a
0: surrender I, like a, a, a yeah i like letting go
1: a little bit. And maybe that is patience then. Maybe that's my version of patience is still wanting it, but being okay if it's not happening as quick as you want. But yeah, just saying, like, okay, man, you don't have all the answers. You're not going to have all the answers. Be okay with the things that you have. And and we talked you just talked about this, but like I ask myself a lot, and we do this a lot in our challenges. I ask people like, only what's necessary. It's the acronym that we use. It's like, you want to own your life? Ask yourself only what's necessary only what's necessary to get your business off the ground, only what's necessary for you to get to your health goals, only what's necessary for you to achieve happiness, only what's, you know, use yeah. that as a framework, and then everything else can fall by the wayside. And if you're focused on those few things, then you're yeah. going to get there, and you're going to be happy doing. it. Eliminating fluff, eliminating fluff. Resistance
0: is the best. Resistance criminals love showing up as fluffy stuff. That's like, this is important too. but it's like, oh, no, it's really not. And... Wishing, I was just when you were saying that, I was thinking about how often and how much depression I created and misery in my life when I had my old career job of wishing it was Friday and wishing it was Saturday. But then Saturday would come and I would get depressed because the next day was Sunday and Sunday was the day before Monday. It is the most maddening, insane thing possible. And I was and I was like, you know, you think when you wish, like I wish when we have less patience, the whole process of wanting patience for me has been like, oh. I don't want to wish because when I'm wishing myself forward, I'm wishing away my week. I'm wishing away this day. I'm wishing away my time. I'm wishing away my family, my friends, my life, you know, and that's madness. So why don't we look at this moment and say, okay, well, again, back to the, what's the thing I can do right now to move towards what I want to be? And it doesn't always have to be action. Sometimes it's taking a nap. Sometimes it's sitting down and breathing, right? And just like looking at your wife or your kids and hugging them and being like, God, this is perfect. Everything's perfect. The sun came up like, we're all good. We're all golden. We're all gonna travel very soon, right?
1: That's right. <laughs> what led you to be to decide to do the sweet ass affirmations, the second deck? Because as we're recording this, that's out on Kickstarter. And we're gonna tell you guys how you can go check it out and all. But you have the sweet ass affirmations, which was the first deck, which you told the story of how that came about. Hey, a friend knows a guy who makes cards. Oh, okay, you know, and <laughs> you got that going. And and that's been uh, uh, an awesome project for you, and it's done well financially for you. It's it's helped a ton of people. I know inside our location indie community, it's a. I, I mean, I know so many people who go and get that deck, and you know during calls they'll like hold up a card and they'll be like Heath deck, man, and like just spoke <laughs> to me today, and it's awesome for me to get to see because it that's that cyclical nature of like who are you surrounding yourself with, right? And you're a huge part of that community and people's lives in that community. Um, what brought you to the, to the point where you said, I'm going to do a second deck. Like why, (laughs) why do it? Like where, where did that decision spur from?
0: Well, one of my biggest dreams is to be what I consider a real writer. And I don't feel like I've, I've really gotten there yet. I got to meet Steven Pressfield last year, which was huge for me. It kicked me into a whole nother notch, but, um, I I saw success in this, in the first project that we launched on Kickstarter, you know, we raised like nine or $10,000 and I did not expect it to be that successful because I always have imposter syndrome. Like nobody's going to want this. No one's going to want to do it. Um, But once that deck got out, the first one, it, it was crazy, man. Like people really constantly tagging and reaching out. And because there's so many different cards in the deck and they're all different themes and different uh, you know, kind of motivators for different types of mindsets. They do really work as an Oracle deck where you can draw them whenever you're having a bad time or you need just a laugh or whatever, and, and it can get you on the right path. The world has so many things that knock you off of your focus in just a couple seconds. Why can't there be more that remind you of your magic in just a couple seconds? It went out and started going crazy. I mean, I think that when, of course, we have a lot of friends in our circle that have done miraculous things as writers, like legit international bestseller type people, which is it blows my mind, but when I talk to publishers who create like who agents for these types of people, originally like a home run for somebody who actually has a publisher is to sell like ten thousand copies of a book over the lifespan. We can think that's a bunch of copies, right? but the deck has has done a remarkable chunk of that already mm. you know i've we've probably sold six seven thousand of these decks, and that to me was like. The universe being like, people want more of this. And I create these things out of my sheer emotional pains. (laughs) And my high highs and my low lows all go into the the, the writing for this stuff. And this deck actually came out, and I started writing it in March of last year. And it was because the world was in a funky place, and I was trying to figure out who I was and what I was. I was learning the stuff you were just talking about, how to sit with myself, being in Portland and not having any real friends there, and just like sitting all day, like you know. And then the wildfire started, so I ate a bunch of. You can beep this out if you need to, but I ate a bunch of LSD and for seven days, I wrote this whole new deck and I didn't eat like a massive hero dose. I was more so micro dosing it over a period of time, but I sat in my bathtub, dude, I swear for seven days and I wrote these cards and then the design started coming together for him from my team. And it was like a whole nother level from the first set, like way more sacred geometrical lines, a lot of spirit animals and you know, mushrooms and stuff like that involved. And it just felt like it came from a very deep muse place that, that I was just channeling the information for, through. And it wasn't necessarily like the first deck where I like wrote cards based on all these different stories I had over a long period of time. Um, so then I like sat on that for a while was hanging out with chase Reeves and, um, Asheville. And he's like, dude, you got to get this Kickstarter up. Like, what do you, yeah, he's always been one to be very adamant about like calling me out of my bull. And he sat down and he helped me make the video for the Kickstarter right there. And that really put me into a surge, man. Mm-hmm. It was like, I took some old footage that I had from a video and, and he vamped it into the, it, It's great. You know, he's a brilliant, brilliant videographer, the, the guys. And, and that was really, you know, I saw a need for people more than ever reaching out saying, when is a new deck coming out over and over again? People are really struggling in 2019, 2020, man. What, 2020?
1: What year? 2020. Is it? Yeah, it's <laughs> 2021 now. Yeah, 2020 into 2021. Yeah, it's a, 20, it's a whole new world from when your deck came out before. It really yeah, is. Yeah,
0: 2020. Like, I just, we need mental support. These cards help people mentally. And like, I've learned in this process that, I mean, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a therapist but I think we all kind of are in our own creative ways. And the amount of people that have come to me and been like, this has really helped me in a humbling way has been the only form of abundance that I have truly fallen in love with. And I don't ever want to stop doing that. So if I can become a better writer and I can make stuff that helps people in a very quick fashion, like these cards, and I'm going to keep doing it. So that's how I came together. And I'm really, yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm I think that to speaks- get good out to the world.
1: Speaks to just doing it right, like just going and taking action, whether you're microdosing LSD or, <laughs> or just doing it without. Um, no judgment here, but you know, that, that shows like, all right, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to do this, and then but even after you did it, and I think this is important as people think about their journey, you did it, but it's not usually one action, it's not write the cards and boom, now they're going to cut now they're out. It's like there's a lot more steps in there. Hey, we got to get this kickstart out. I have a lot of resistance to the video. A buddy's like, so much
0: resistance. Dude, we're doing it
1: today. I don't care. Sit down. Let's do it. I've had multiple people in my life when I've had resistance doing stuff like, hey, we're sitting down. I'm going to give you five hours of my time devoted to your thing, and we're just finishing it. Like, start to finish. Here we go. And so I think that that's an important lesson is like, you can take the steps that you want to take, but there's probably going to be other points of resistance. And that's where the supportive community comes from, whether it be a a big community like Location Indie, whether it be a few friends, whether it be one person saying, just do it. And I'm going to, I believe in it so much that I'm just going to sit here and make you do it and maybe even do it for you to get it out. And, and, you know, there's so much to be said for that because people are giving of their time. And I think that, that can only happen when you're surrounding yourself with the right people and when you're surrounding yourself with people who believe in you as much as you believe in yourself and have the time freedom to be able to do that. If that, if that, if Chase was just a regular guy who worked a eight to eight job and came home at night, you know, it'd probably be hard for him to sit down with you in the middle of the day to do that video, but he's not. And that allowed him to say, I'm going to give up some of my time to make something big for Heath. So uh it can't be understated. It's, it's a giant
0: collective movement, right? It's, Everyone, I, I think, has amazing creative things that we make, even whether they're in our mind or they physically come out into form that we never put out and we're scared to put out. And I have so many of them still, even with this. And I'm, I'm very thankful to have people that see that and are like, dude, just keep creating this stuff and putting it out. But I think that's what's so important about being a member of something like Location Indie is you get that accountability. You get that support. Like no one is... The worst thing that's ever going to happen if you put something out is that no one's going to talk about it or share it or whatever. And like, that's still better than never putting it out because you never Probably. know and you learn along the way. I mean, and all the stuff that actually starts to unfold from things that you put out that don't work out. I've made plenty of things that didn't work out. And in this process of doing the second affirmation deck, I had another awesome thing come out of it. And that was uh, the... Um, 60 second power affirmations podcast. So I was like, why? Because people kept saying, I love the little bits that you do on your never stop peaking show or whatever, where it's just motivation. So I just created a whole nother podcast where it's just quick little 60 second affirmation, you know, motivational bursts that you can listen to and like get you fired up for audio people because not everybody likes to read or carry around cards. So you never know, man. It's like, I could be running around, you know, Butt naked, climbing up apple trees, swinging down into the the mud, and like rolling around on a commune somewhere with like multiple wives or husbands at the same time, like with babies and and be like, this is my happiness. But it's just that's not my path. But this is, you know, writing is Yet. my path. Creating is my path. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my hair is getting pretty long. My dirty, dirty ass like half red beard thing is really sticking out, which really does me very well when I'm you know with the kids and in Africa because like I'm such a gringo dude. Like, it's so ridiculous how much I stick out like a sore thumb. But.
1: Well, now you got the, now you got the creeper van to go with the hair. of the <laughs> So you're all good. You're all good. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I want to just remind people as we wrap up here, then w- uh, how they can come see all the things you're doing. Cause you did just mention that you've got two different podcasts out. Um, there's a lot that you got going on and a lot of cool stuff that is happening. And we'll of course link everything up in the show notes, but let's tell people First, where they can go to support the Kickstarter because that's like the most time-sensitive, newest thing that's launching right now is the Sweet Ass Affirmations Deck Number Two Dose. Um, so, where can they find that, and where can they go to find the other stuff that you're doing?
0: Yeah, support for the Kickstarter would be amazing. Um, I don't. I could say that I don't think anyone who supports it would be disappointed because it's a really fun project and it's kind of collective. Ragecreate.com slash Kickstarter will take you directly to that. And of course, ragecreate.com will have it as a banner probably too. My hub is HeathArmstrom.com. You can pretty much find all those other things there, whether it be the the podcasts or you know everything else. I'm there. And I'm on Instagram at HeathFistPumps. Fist Pumps. So at
1: Heath Fist Pumps. All right. So yeah. Instagram at Heath Fist Pumps. If you want to go to Heath's like homepage, Heath, armstrong.com. Ragecreate.com is kind of the business page where you'll see the Kickstarter and the decks and everything like that. Um, and we will link that all in the show notes, guys, of course, at extrapackofpeanuts.com slash shows. Heath, man, it is always, always, always a pleasure. I never have any notes ready. I don't do any prep for our conversations just to pull the curtain back for you guys. It's like, let's get on a chat and see where this goes. And I am, as you said, I am never, ever disappointed getting to chat with you, whether it be on the podcast, whether it be via WhatsApp, whether it be on the phone, all the ways that we stay connected, it's, it really, truly is a pleasure, man, to get to catch up with you and chat with you.
0: Dude, my honor, for sure. Thank you for having me on. Can I, I, just, can I recite this Bukowski quote that, <laughs> Charles Bukowski, one of my heroes, that always makes me think about location independence in his prime uh, before we end it. Is that cool with you?
1: Oh, yeah. I I mean, yes. If you're asking permission, yes. I thought you were <laughs> just gonna go with it. You can do whatever you want, man. This may not
0: pertain so much to you, but like I don't have, you know, a, a wife or kids or anything. So it, it really makes me think a lot of times when I'm in my my dungeon or my high, high like throne or whatever it may be. But when nobody wakes you up in the morning and when nobody waits for you at night, and when you can do whatever you want, what do you call that? Freedom or loneliness?
1: All right. Nice. We're ending <laughs> it's it right like, there. trips me out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. Think about that, guys. Thank you, Heath. Guys, remember, extrapackofpants.com slash shows. Thanks for supporting the podcast. And uh, yeah, go uh, support Heath's Kickstarter. If you've listened all the way through here, you're probably interested. Go check it out. Those decks are awesome. You guys know if you've listened to the show. I'm not super woo-woo. Heath is the only person who's made a journal that made me journal. And he's the only person who has an affirmation deck that I look at every once in a while again i'm not the i'm not the consistent every day i'm gonna (laughs) read these but i pull it out from here uh from time to time so check that out you can do that over at heatharmstrong.com or ragecreate.com slash kickstarter and we'll link it up in the show notes heath always a pleasure man first podcast i've got to do with you from your van
0: yes yeah and my dog is just now getting up and starting to bark so
1: it all worked out flawlessly in timing synchronicity my friend chat soon everyone peace I saw you on my
0: way through
1: On my way through I saw you
0: and I'll see you again someday